0: This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Last night, the Duke Blue Devils turned around a halftime deficit. Pretty much doubled up the Pittsburgh Panthers in the second half. Looked great defensively. The offense still a work in progress. Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated, uh, or Deacons Illustrated, both. He was there. Uh, That had to be fun. Duke Duke electrifying the crowd, showing some defense. I thought it was all about defense. From your vantage point, what'd you got?
1: I thought it was all about defense. You could feel it was, Cameron's going to be a factor in every home game, but it was one of those games where it kind of pushed it to the next level, and Cameron really was a factor in the game. You felt the energy kind of build mm-hmm. there in the second half, and it just just kept building until what was an eleven point halftime deficit. I think was an eleven point lead there in the uh, in the second half. So, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It starts with defense, and really, it starts with the defense of Derek Lively the second. Like that's the one that turned it around. Yeah. And who would have thought? Uh, that's the area where he's been better. Like offensively, he hasn't been great. Defensively, he's been a little bit better this year. But he got out on the perimeter and guarded some pit guards that have yeah. that have cooked guys. Yeah. Th- see that to me.
0: That was the eye-opening part of where that game really turned. Duke was already in the process of cutting into the lead. They had already made that like a 7-point game. It was the slowest 15-0 run I think I've ever I've ever seen from a Duke team that we normally associate with being offensively explosive. Uh, it was a slow bleed uh for with that with that lead because Duke's offense really never got on track. Uh it did Ultimately, score in transition and at the free throw line and on uh, second chance opportunities. Okay. But the the situations where lively was forced to you know sw- where he had to switch onto guards and he was good, I thought was the difference in them really maybe completing that comeback. And then he did did a couple of things offensively. Do you see more for him on the offensive end, or is it always going to be? You know, just go get some offensive rebounds.
1: I think that's – I don't think he's going to be what they thought he was going to be with as far as being on the perimeter, being a three-point shooter. Right. Like, you see highlights of him in AAU ball and he's hitting threes and taking dribble drives from the wing. I don't think that's going to be happening in the next two months. The the drop step into a hook shot that tied the game at 52-52 – if he gives you one or two of those a game with confidence, you take it. Like I, I've talked to, to Aaron Beard and Steve Wiseman about this a couple times this year. It's not an explosive Duke team. They don't have the shooting that is going to lead to your quick lightning strike, 8-0, 10-0, 12-0 runs. Right. It's going to have to happen on the defensive end. And in transition, where this Duke team has the capability of being better is on the defensive end. It's it's on you know, it's having two seven footers that can both step out there and guard a six three perimeter guy and stay in front of them and then make it really difficult for them if, to get a shot off in the lane if they get past them. Uh, it's having guys like Tyrese Proctor be your point guard and he's six five and long. It's Mark Mitchell and Derick Whitehead giving you size and length on the on the perimeter, creating some steals, uh, stripping and ripping as as a. As I mix up the beats here, as Steve Forbes (laughs) likes to say, uh, getting in the gaps and stripping and ripping. And when you do that, you create transition buckets and getting out in transition. I mean, that's something that every young team loves to do. And that's no exception with this team. Yeah,
0: look, without Jeremy Roach, you knew the half-court offense was going to be a little bit of a work in progress. But uh, it was probably the best game in a while for Proctor as well. I thought... When they got out in transition, it was a little easier for him. Not easy, but easier. Uh, he still, still struggles to turn and beat his guy off the dribble where, you know from the perimeter, and his shot hasn't shown up yet. It's still, I guess, down under. Uh, but, I mean, I thought he played a pretty good game last night, and maybe that's also encouraging.
1: I thought that was his best game so far. Um, it's easy to say based on the stats, you know, 14 points, 5 assists and no turnovers. Right. Especially considering that it's his second game operating as the as the point guard. Like he's got to be the point guard without yeah. Jeremy Roach in the lineup. And you're talking about a guy that goes out and has no turnovers against a pit defense that has experienced guards. Like mm-hmm. those are those are grown men that he's playing against. And for him to handle the pressure last night, I thought that was, you know, it's crazy. You you wind up. You talk about Derek Lively's impact on defense. You talk about Tyrese Proctor's game offensively and and how he's handled the, the new role. And then we have and talked about Kyle Filipowski having twenty eight and fifteen. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of crazy that 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 feels like a, a tertiary factor in this game, but it really was like it was it was lively. It was Proctor. It was Whitehead doing a couple things in transition. It was Jacob Grandison with a big corner yeah. three there when Pitt looked like they were going to push back into the game. So it was, you know, it's the old cliche. It was a team win, but it really was a team win. Like it, John Shire said it, it felt like in that second half, everybody on the team found some way, some kind of role to fill, yep. some kind of void to fill, and and that's how you make up a an 11-point halftime deficit.
0: Yeah, it feels like Jacob Grandison is sort of, he's not falling out of the rotation because John, I think, has done a good job of playing all of the guys available to him. But it does seem like, and I have to go back and look at it, that the minutes have not been you know, all that abundant for Grandison. But I like, I, I was wondering going into the game, could Grandison be part of the mix in running the offense, because he seems like he has, he's got that hybrid game. And I don't know, really, pretty much was Proctor pretty much all night who had the ball in his hand and, and creating. But I think Grandison can really help. He's also a veteran guy.
1: Yeah, he's a veteran. I, I just think he he didn't do that that much at Illinois. Like, he was a lot more conditioned to be a small uh, four spot. Cause, and. You know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It was easy to be a four at Illinois when your five is Kofi <laughs> Cockburn. <and> he's going <laughs> to grab everything, and he's going to make up for every deficiency right. in interior defense. I think Jacob is, is what he is. Like He is a, he is a good, consistent three-point threat. Yeah. Uh, he's going to make the right plays. One of the things John is looking for is just who's going to play hard defensively. And that's why he loves going to Grandison and Blake's off the bench in certain spots. You can see it yeah. when he feels like the defense is slipping. Those are the first two guys that he goes to.
0: Connor O'Neill from Deacons and Devils Illustrated. I guess this is Devils Illustrated. Uh, his Twitter, at Connor O'Neill underscore DI, solves, serves both purposes. Um, when First of all, do we know? We know Jeremy Roach is not playing at Clemson. Uh, but do we know does John have an idea of how much longer that it's going to take or because it's a toe? We just have no clue.
1: I had somebody put on my message board when, when the injury first happened, like, Oh no, not the toe anything, but the toe, right? Uh, there's, there's still some Kyrie Irving scar tissue there with, with Duke fans. I, I think he's playing against Miami. I think John has a good handle on it. it's, It's going to bother him all season. It's not a situation where he's going to magically wake up one day and it's not going to bother him. It's going to be painful for him. The rest right now is to get the pain under his threshold so that he can play through it and feel like he's at least close to 100%. He's never going to be right until you're you're probably going to see something uh, within a week or two of Duke's last game, whenever that happens, that says Jeremy Roach has undergone a procedure for a toe injury, suffered all the way back in the, at the end of November. Adam
0: Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them?
1: About 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year and, and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation.
0: Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888 or text ADAM to six hundred seven hundred.
1: Adam Gold is a books spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial
0: Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. That's no good. Um I you know look I don't know about I don't know if this team can win a national championship um, I think they can make a deep run which to me is win twice in an NCAA tournament but uh, I don't know if they can win a title but I know they can't do any of it without Jeremy Roach I think ultimately when they play the best teams um, the offense without Roach is just going to be a very difficult one to negotiate uh, real quick and I know you were at Cameron last night. Uh, but just overall thoughts on what you have seen from the Demon Deacons, who their core last night uh, was just incredibly efficient. Twenty, what twenty-three of thirty-two from the floor, eight of ten from three-point range. We know that Steve Forbes can coach, so I mean that is just a given. Um, but he seems like he's got at least enough to be a factor every night.
1: So you're talking about three 20-point games last night, and not one of them was turned in by the guy that is probably a first-team all-ACC player at this point in Tyree Appleby. Yeah, right. He's, he's all the way down there with 16 points and eight assists.
0: Yeah, eight assists were good, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, three steals to go along with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steve can coach, and Steve can evaluate the transfer portal. Steve knows exactly what he wants to get out of the transfer portal when he goes into it. The thing that, that I think we need to talk more about is how he puts together a roster and builds chemistry in a short amount of time. Like, this is another team with so many newcomers mm. that come in and they immediately know how to play off each other. They know who who likes the ball where, uh, what shooting pockets to hit, whose spots are in which places. And, man, it, you're right. They're going to be a factor. Like, they're they're going to play really good offense – it's going to be a matter of can they play defense for long enough and well enough to score some more quad one wins. That's where you get to talking about you want to compare to last year. They're already ahead of the game last year. They have the win at Wisconsin right. in, in the belt in in the bank and uh, a home win against Duke. And so, you know, it's it's really to me it's a team that turned their season around with with two games. Uh, they went to Rutgers and got annihilated, and they turned around three days later and beat Duke at home.
0: I, I again, he's he's a great coach. I think he is walking chemistry. Also, I think Forbes' personality is just it lends itself to good chemistry because how would you not like to be around the guy, right? <laughs> I mean, he just seems like such a genuinely fun human being uh, as you are, Connor O'Neill at Connor O'Neill underscore di. Devil's Illustrated, Deacons Illustrated. If there was another D involved, I'm sure we can illustrate that as well. Uh Connor, be well. I appreciate your time. Happy New Year. We'll talk to
1: you soon. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,